Gift Biz Unwrapped, Episode 31. You have to believe in what you're doing and you have to believe in yourself so that others will. Hi, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire and you're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped and now it's time to light it up. Welcome to Gift Biz Unwrapped, your source for industry-specific insights and advice to develop and grow your business. And now, here's your host, Sue Monheit. Hi there, I'm Sue, and welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Whether you own a brick-and-mortar shop, sell online, or are just getting started, you'll discover new insight to gain traction and to grow your business. And today, I'm joined by Sue Falcone. Sue is the owner of Simply Sue Speaks Global Booking Agency, bringing custom solutions to booking an expert speaker. With over 40 years of industry experience as a successful corporate executive, speaker, coach, and author, Sue has the professionals that can bring the wow factor to any event. Whether it's the perfect speaker, presenter, entertainer, trainer, facilitator, coach or author, she can make the match to meet your specific needs. The result is an unforgettable and memorable experience. Sue is married to Carmen Falcone, who is the CFO of her business. They have four children and eight grandchildren, love to travel, climb lighthouses, which is so intriguing, read, dance, and help others succeed. They both simply love people and retirement is not in their DNA. Welcome to the show, Sue. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. We're shining from North Carolina. All right. I love that, too. Would you like to add anything else to the intro before we get started? I can't think of anything. I'm sure we'll come up with some stories, though, that will be interesting. Oh, good. I love stories. (laughs) Well, as our listeners know, we align the conversation around the life of a motivational candle. The light will shine on you while you share all those stories and experiences. So, Sue, are you ready to light it up? I sure am. It's shining already. (laughs) Fabulous. All right. So you are entering into a conference because you have placed the speakers who are going to be at the conference. And at the welcome table, when you sign in and get your badges, they have all these beautiful candles lit up there. And they're all different colors. What candle would you gravitate to? The color of it would have to be teal and lime green. Ooh, it's a multicolored candle. Yeah, that's my favorite colors and it's become my brand, but I just love it. Is there a motivational quote that you would share that's on that candle? Ooh, there's lots I could quote, but my favorite of all time is I'm too blessed to be stressed or depressed by Barbara Johnson. And it has lived in my life for many, many years. I have never heard that before. I really like that. She came from the 70s, but, you know, she was really popular. She wrote, stick a geranium in your hat and love it. And she had a lot of great energy. And how do you pull that up in your life? Well, you have to remember every day what you're thankful and grateful for. That has to be part of your business model. Because by doing that, then all the things that happen and everything that comes at you and everything that wants to just shake your day won't. Because you have something to go back and say, no, not going to let it. And that has just helped me through so much because you know what? Today, life isn't easy. But 
the choices you make and what you put in your mind and what you focus on are key. Right. And it grounds you then too. If you're in business for yourself, you've decided to do that. You've taken that conscious step at one point or another. And you're right. I mean, stress factors come out without a doubt. Every day. (laughs) But a quote like this, just to be grateful that you're in a position where you can work on building something for yourself and feel blessed about it. You're right. Just to remember that that you're doing this and you're walking the journey and you're so fortunate to be able to do so could be a stress reliever. I see what you mean. And it also helps you bring that same message to others because I'm all about helping others succeed as much as myself because Zig Ziglar says if you help others succeed first, then you automatically will succeed. And so when you do that, you know, if you've got yourself aligned right when you start, then anyone you interact with, whether it could be on social media, it could be anywhere, then get that energy from you to say, golly, yeah, we can do this because I don't want people to give up before they ever succeed. That's fabulous. I love this one, especially a new one. You know, I've, so many people, you know, there are these popular quotes that come about all the time. And I love hearing one that I haven't heard before that really is impactful. That's great. I'm glad I could bring something different because that's kind of who I am. (laughs) (laughs) With your teal and lime green. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Well, Sue, let's go back to the beginning of your journey, but the beginning when you started Simply Sue Speaks, because I know you have a lot of experience before that. Talk to us about the transition, how you decided I'm going to start something by myself and do something for myself. How did that all evolve? Simply, it evolved in realizing I was not going to move one more time in my corporate career. So after 30 years, I had received many skill sets and many great mentorships and all like this. So I knew that it was time to not move one more time and do what I wanted to do for myself all along and that I was gifted and skilled to do. And I had a very supportive husband that says, let's do it. And so that helped me, you know, to say what I wanted to do. And I always knew it would involve training, speaking, writing, those skill sets, because that's who I am. And that's how I made a 30-year career with a corporate company. But I didn't really know what that looked like at first. So I went into business for myself with another business. And then I transitioned out of it into realizing, yeah, it was time. Go write your book, Sue. Get on the speaking circuit and let's go. And that's exactly what I did. And then to look for a name, you know, because you have to establish a brand. I knew I liked teal and lime green. So that was the colors. We didn't even have to question that. And then I realized, I said, you know, I want to make life simple for people. And I want them to know I'm no exception. I'm not a super duper person that has not evolved without being involved with people. I wanted to make sure I gave practical things to people that they could use in their life. So I came up with Simply Sue, and that's where I went. (laughs) Simply Sue, and I could speak. I booked. I sold my book. I did everything, and I thought, well, this is just really cool. I'm just going to do this forever. So let's put some detail behind this story a little bit for our listeners 
What I'm hearing from you right now is you had this idea and it was kind of percolating throughout your life. You know, the whole time when you're working for other people, you had in the back of your mind a concept of what you wanted to do in the future. Correct. And it was kind of nice because you're getting more skills and you're learning more and you're getting exposure to lots of different types of things, which then enhances natural abilities that you already had, meaning like speaking and writing, etc., So you decide, all right, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not traveling anymore. We're going to ground ourselves somewhere that we want to live. And I'm going to develop this new thing, right? Yes. You can't just go on a speaking circuit without somehow prepping so people are going to want you to speak. Mm -hmm. Where did the book come in? Or can you give a little more detail in terms of the steps that you took to achieve And maybe it was writing the book first. I don't know. You're going to tell us. But to achieve the point where you're out speaking. Well, I did the book first because I had time to do that. And what is the book? Okay. The book is called The Lighthouse of Hope, A Day-by-Day Journey to Fear-Free Living. Because when I left corporate America, I realized even though I had hidden it, I was a very fearful person. I had not faced some realities in my life and from my past and... Unfortunately, when I decided to transition into the speaker-writer arena, I had an accident, a car accident, and I was hurt and didn't know how that outcome was going to come. So there I was, and I said, okay, I'll just start writing my book, and that's what I did. And I really realized that I knew I had to face my fears because when I left corporate America, I weighed over 300 pounds And we were over $180,000 in debt. Now, that was not bad debt with a house and cars and all that good stuff. But it was still, you know, you had to launch and have funding to make a career for yourself, to make a business for yourself. So I knew that we needed to look at some of those things. And we were given that opportunity to do that. So my husband was still working. So I had the opportunity to recover and write the book. And I learned a lot in that journey of writing that book. It became very successful, and now it's on Kindle, and it's still successful. I now have some copies that I still market and sell myself, but the softback covers. But, you know, I realized that it's still helping me to overcome that daily fear, that insecurity that we may have in businesses because when we start our own businesses because it's a risk you know there is a risk and you take the personal risk and so then I lost the weight during all this time I lost the weight I realized how to do that so see there was many experiences that helped me along so that when I got the book published I was recovered I had already started speaking some of my story anyway that was included in the book and so It just kind of evolved. And, of course, I was speaking for free to begin with. Just like all speakers start out, you have to build an audience. You have to build your confidence. You have to understand what it's going to take. You have to get out there and see what it is and see what your audiences really need and are really wanting from you. Then social media came into it because then it just launched like crazy, (laughs) you know. So getting social media involved is key. And I tell every speaker today, if you're not on social media for yourself, then as an agency, I have a really hardship in being able to promote you because that's where our audience line up now is on social media. So I started doing that early on. So that really helped me get out there. And then I just loved what I was doing. And people wanted me. 
I just transitioned to saying, okay, it's time to get the plan, get everything in a line. I was selling my book. Everything was going fine. Then you start speaking for pay. And that's what I did. So I just aligned that again in a business plan to know what I needed to charge and to know what I needed to do. And uh, we just launched from there. And we just kept going. And I just thought that was going to be great. (laughs) You know, I really did. I mean, I said, oh, this is just really fun. And then I could see visions of being in big conferences and all this kind of thing. And maybe even doing that for myself, putting on my own big conferences. I thought, ooh, that would be good. And originally... Sue, and I love your name, by the way. I can never forget it. (laughs) You don't know why. You know, I mean, you know, it kind of sticks in your mind. You know, anyway, that's great. But anyway, I originally started in the Christian community because a lot of my book is inspirational and comes from that end. And that was a natural fit. But one morning, I'll never forget, I was sitting and looking at my business plan and looking at my engagements and looking at things. And I just realized, you know, I spent 30 years in business. And I had kind of gotten to the motivational, the Christian, that kind of speaking realm. And I was doing well. It wasn't like I wasn't doing well. But I saw, you know, I could go back into speaking in business as well. So that was another turn in my business model because I really thought I was going to be on one specific genre and one specific target market. And then I realized there was many more target markets for me. And so then I decided to do that and we went into and I learned a lot about entrepreneurship and what all this really entailed and all that kind of things. And then I started looking at government work. It expanded into government contracts. And so that's kind of just how it evolved. The one thing, though, I think the key is you have to believe in what you're doing and you have to believe in yourself so that others will. You have to have an innate commitment and passion for what you're doing. You have to love it. And they say that over and over. And it's kind of like a tired phrase. You got to live your passion. You got to love what you do so it doesn't even feel like you're working. It's true. It is the truth. It is true. So by way of clarification, what you're saying here is you started, you know, you wrote the book and then you started speaking mostly with your eye on more of the Christian community at first. Correct. And that was the business model in the beginning. But then as time went on, you evolved into, well, this same message could be very applicable in other genres. It is because I realized then it was not just designed for one target audience. It could be brought into because in our business world and all, they want to keep a lot of things separate. But then I started looking at business models of John Maxwell, who was one of my mentors early on, and Zig Ziglar was a friend of mine. And I started looking at what they did because most of them started out in the Christian community. Also, Stephen Covey. They started out in that community and then they realized it's for everybody. It wasn't compromising. It wasn't taking away from your original message. It only was tailoring it to what people in another target market wanted. And the message was the same. So gift biz listeners, this is a really good point I just want to underline here, is that you may start out with a certain business model built off of a strength that you have, in Sue's case, her book and the focus on the Christian market. 
but don't be so tied into that initial concept forever that you could possibly miss other opportunities. I mean, Sue's business now has transitioned some, but the core is still the same. Her audience has adjusted a little bit and her business has grown because of that. So start off with a certain idea, but always be open and available to other options of where your journey may lead you to either increase or adjust or tweak your business a little bit as you progress and have more knowledge in terms of the receptivity and the message that you're getting out or the product that you're getting out. Would you add anything to that, Sue? That is so key. And the beauty of it was then I could share that with others so that they could have that courage to say, I'm just not stuck here, you know, and that's my only thing because as in my business now representing speakers, I encourage them sometimes to just get out of their box and take a look at an event that maybe they wouldn't have thought about doing. But I said, don't you have those skills that you could apply for that? You know, and sometimes it's really been amazing how the things that they think they're tied into really do fit in a place they never thought of before. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about Simply Sue Speaks, the booking agency portion. Okay. Do speakers come to you for placement? So you have a list of speakers who you've probably vetted to make sure the quality is what you'd want to represent. And then there's functions where they may be interested in a speaker or facilitator, et cetera, et cetera. How did you get to the point where you had both of those lists, let's just call it, in terms of resources, and then how do you connect them together? So it's a two-pronged question. How did you get the sources, and then what do you do to connect them together so they're a good fit? Great question. And I've always been about solutions because I wanted to have solutions in my life. I wanted to have it in my career for others. And so when I started looking, as I was out there speaking myself – And on the circuit doing what I was doing, I saw many speakers that I met that didn't like to do the things that I really like to do. I don't have a problem booking. I don't have a problem negotiating contracts. I don't have a problem asking for money. I don't have a problem not being organized enough that I can't keep up with the contacts I make. I don't have all these issues or I didn't let myself be so booked that I couldn't focus on the things that I needed to do to make sure I had the quality. So when I was out there, I saw speakers that were in all sides of the spectrum. In other words, they were very successful, but wanted in different arenas than they were speaking in. But as they were doing the business of speaking, they didn't have time to research that out and to make the contacts. So that was one category of speakers. Then others were, yeah, they were speaking and they were doing things for themselves, but they wanted to do more and they didn't know how to get to that more. And then there's the speakers that, you know, wanted someone to ask for the money because that's a, a, a hard thing for a lot of people that are speaking because they don't want to be rejected. But yet to scale that, that was hard for them. So I saw there was a need for an agency that was different because I was on speaker bureaus myself. I was on agencies. I had an agent at one time. So I knew all the things that I had experienced. And I said, I told my husband, I'll never forget this. I came home one night and I said, you know what? I have a list of speakers that are awesome, but they need some help. 
and they're asking and they've been looking and they've not really found, you know, the thing. I said, could we create another? And I just thought we were going to create another division of what I was already doing instead of making it the focus, you know, the total focus. And I started out that way a little bit, but then I realized, hmm, no, this doesn't work. I either need to be a we or an I. (laughs) So I made the transition about four years ago of going from an I, I book me, I am the speaker, I am an author, to a we, where I am now an agency, where I represent speakers, trainers, coaches, entertainers, authors, whatever. And the market is not hard to find the speakers, I can do that on social media. I can find speakers to represent because my business model is such that I don't want to represent thousands. I never intended on doing that because I'd been on the list of thousands, right? (laughs) And, you know, unless you're really, really huge, they never kind of get to you. (laughs) You know, and I wanted to make sure that I could personally Not guarantee, because there's no guarantee in this industry, but at least I would work and work my heart out because I believed in the speakers that we represented that I could get them bookings. Well, and you were also then creating a list, kind of an exclusive private list. Not everyone can get on your list. You have to have certain qualifications to be on Sue's list, right? Correct. What would be three things that you look for in a speaker that you say, okay, these are things they have to have to be on our list for us to represent them? Great question, because I'm asked that a lot. What does it take, Sue, to be represented by you? And I said, well, basically, I have an application on my current website, and it'll be on our new website because we're in the process of creating a new totally wow website, which is great. But I have an application that's pretty detailed because when I looked at the big agencies and the big speaker bureaus, they don't take everybody and I can't take everybody. I have to be selective and I have an executive team that once those applications are filled out and submitted, they take a look at it for me. I put that team in place instead of me making the total decision because sometimes I have found, Sue, I can see the skill set and the potential so much for a person that I see it more than the people see in themselves and are willing to do the work to get there. So I realized that was a little passionate trend of mine. So that's why I established an executive team that knows my qualifications of where I can match people, where I can go research, where I can go find the right match for the speakers that I have. So that was a good key, you know, there. So the three things, though, that we kind of, that they and then me looking at the end to make the final decision look at is, number one, you have to have a business plan. That means you have to be legal. If I'm going to go get you a booking and I pay you, you know, we get the fees collected from the client, you have to have a way to handle that. And I have to be confident that you've been doing that. And you have to be in business for a while to build a following. I cannot market startups. Startup people do not need agents. They need to go out there and find themselves and do all the free things and do all the things with a transfer from free to fee, just like I had to do. Then, for all the right reasons, then they would want to come to an agent and an agency. So, three things. Business plan, 
You've got to have be established. That means you have to be established on social media. You need the right pictures. You need a video clip. To be established, you have to really be doing this. This is not a part-time. This is not a wish. It is not a dream. You have to actually be doing that because when I take on a person, I become part of their marketing plan because that's what I do. I market them to get them events. You have to have that knowledge of knowing they're on the same wavelength there. And then the third thing is business plan, social media, and have all the things, but have all the tools in place. And know that you're going to have to have a business plan that funds you. Because if I give you an event, and normally we ask for deposits down to hold the event, and you're going to have to find a way to get there, even though they reimburse. Normally, not all those fees are reimbursed up front. So you have to have a way to handle your expenses. And so you have to have been in business a little while to be able to qualify for me to be able to put the time and effort into you because I don't charge anything up front. I put you on my website. I do all the information and get you out there. I don't make money until the events are booked. That's my business model. And that's how I've been able to get some awesome, awesome people and also get clients that are awesome to our people because they see that we've vetted them and we've done all the right things so that I can confidently offer them the right match. And people are very happy with that. And you're going for quality. You're not going for numbers. I mean, you could be sitting here saying, I have a list of thousands of people, you know, all of that. You're not doing that. You're really whittling it down, being selective, which makes what you offer all the more valuable because it has been vetted, as you said. And then you connect up quality with quality on both sides. And I love your business model because you don't get paid until a booking is actually established and it's successful too. Right. Exactly. And don't pay me. Our speakers pay me. They pay me to get that and all like this. So I can also make sure that the clients get the best of me as well as my speakers get the best of me. So really quickly, how then on the other side do you identify? How how does it work that people then come approach you and say, do you have somebody for an event? This is the topic. Is there anybody on your list that you could match us up with for speaking? I'm as selective about the events as I am about the speakers. I have a questionnaire that a format that I use to interview the client. So it's the same thing. It all starts with a questionnaire. Yes. And that's very important to me because I don't want any surprises for anybody. And I also want to make sure that everything is on legitimate terms and everything is understood and that we've got all the information because otherwise you could lose on both sides. And so our clients know that we're custom because we want that event to succeed as much as they do. We are not canned presentations. My speakers know that when we find the client that the match is, that I have discussed with that client exactly their expectations, exactly the takeaways, so that when we make a proposal to that client, they're going to see exactly what we offer to them based on what they want, not on what we want to give them, which is a totally different model as well. Well, I want to swing this around a little bit and relate it to some of the listeners who are here today. And, you know, a lot of our audience, they're people who have gift shops or online and they're selling product. But what I really liked about you, Sue, is you offer the gift of, number one, entertainment with your speaker matchups 
training because people who are going to events, when it all comes together, that's also a gift because we're learning and we're growing. The one thing I continue hearing from you, an underlying thing all the way through, is the planning way early on, which then leads to success. Like you're talking about, you went through and really thought about what is it I'm going to want to have in a speaker? What is it that I'm going to want to have in a venue or a conference? And what are the qualities that are going to be important that set us up to be successful and have good matches as a process? Your forms are more of a process and you can tweak those questions or do whatever you need to do. And that learning continues to make the forms work better and better for you, right? Correct. So... Gift Biz listeners, what in your business, you know, try and relate it back and think about your business. What types of things could you do that you set up as a process or you create that helps you continue to grow on knowledge that you get with your customers, with in-store promotions that you do, whatever it might be where it can continue to grow. It's just not a one-off, you do something, it works, it doesn't work. I'm jumping in fresh to something new, but what could you build on to add value and make your business stronger? So just a a little thing for you to think about. Sue, we're going to move in now to the reflection section. This is a look at you and allows us to see what you think has helped you to succeed along the way. What is one natural trait that you have that you think has helped with your success? Well, I think when I took the Strength 2.0, Strength Finders 2.0, thing it kind of brought that out I love those those books that are out that will tell you about your strengths I feel like you need to focus on your strengths more than on your weaknesses because when you build up your strengths that are naturally there and mine are being positive being encouraging organization those are the keys that are going to live with you all the way down the line so when you focus on making those better your weaknesses, all these little things that, you know, we used to say, fake it till you make it. Well, you don't have to fake it anymore because when you're focusing on your strengths, it minimizes your weaknesses because you've built up the things that can overcome those weaknesses automatically. You don't have to be working on those weaknesses. And that's where systems and processes have to be in place to do that. Knowledge is empowering and the systems and processes have to be in place or you're not going to be successful. Really good point. Moving on, what tool do you use regularly that helps you keep productive or, on the other side, create balance in your life? Well, you know, everyone always says the key word is balance in your life, right? I mean, everybody says that, and we talk a lot about it. We even go to conferences about it. We go to get that balance. Everybody's seeking that balance. Sounds so easy, doesn't it? It does. (laughs) But, you know, when you look at balance, it's kind of like, well, I got to separate my career and work and all from my personal life. You know, we got to separate to balance this out, okay? Well, I went to something recently and I realized that it was about blending, not necessarily about balance. How do you blend things? How do you focus on this and know you've got to meet this as well? Sometimes you just have to blend that. As small business owners, as entrepreneurs, a lot is required, Much is given to you, but a lot is required as well, right? Time and effort, and it just robs you. You feel like at the end of the day, I just don't have enough hours in the day. Well, I had to realize that I can't live like that. I'm totally entrepreneurial. 
I'm off the cuff. I can do just about, you know, what you want me to do. But I want to do it, on the other hand, with a system and process as well so that I have some direction and know where I'm going so that it doesn't jump out at me and I can't overcome the things that stress you out or the things that take you out of balance. So every day, me and my CFO, we meet and have a little prayer session together. We have a great marriage and we have a great business partnership together because he basically works for me, which I'm the owner and he's the CFO, but he understands that process because that's key to him of how he sees his role in whatever we do. And so we have this prayer session and then we have a group of 20 volunteers that have been with me since I started speaking and writing and out there myself, and they just transitioned when we get, went into business for others and all. And monthly, I correspond with them, and they know that they're out there, they're our prayer partners, and they're out there praying for our success as well. And those two key elements have kept both my husband and myself in balance. We've got four children and eight grandchildren, and we certainly want to be good parents First of all, we want to be a good partnership together as a a husband and wife. Then we want to be good parents. We want to be good grandparents, eventually great-grandparents. You know, we want all that. But we also know that we're a little different since we chose to not let retirement be in our DNA. We've made those things matter, you know, that are important to us. So I think that's the quality of life of knowing what is important and making sure that that's what you do every day the important things, and you can let a lot of things go. So a question for you. So your volunteers, are they more emotional prayer support? Is that what they, or do they do other things as well? Yes, they are strictly our prayer team, prayer partners. I love that. Wow. And I pattern that after a company that I know, and I'm we're, we're prayer partners of that company. They base their business model on their prayer partners. And they feel like they've been in business for 30 years because of that. And when I saw that model, I said, sounds like one that we could be involved in. And we are very honored and we are very blessed. Wow, that's very special. I just love that. I would like to continue on. We might have to do a series. <laughs> yes, we just might. That could be my next All book. Right. Who knows? There you go. Well, that's, and that's where I'm going now. <laughs> what book have you read lately that you would recommend to our listeners because you think they would find value in? We're going to put your book on there, too. So that's, that's an automatic. Thank what you. else in addition to your book? Well, and I do have to read my book every day. I just want to tell you that. I'm not perfect. You know, I do live fear-free, but those days can come at you. So I, I still keep reading that book. You need reminders. We're all human. Yes, that's it. So it was good for me. The new book, and I love John Maxwell. He's always been one of my favorites, as many. And he has a new one out called Intentional Living. It's brand new. And I did a workshop on this book. It's just amazing because the word that we chose for our word of the year for our company, because we do that in our business plan, we put to pick a word of the year. Our word this year is intentional. Must have been thinking about me, right? But anyway... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, so that was one. And then there is one other that I have found can be to some, not all, but to some very, very powerful because it came from the authors that now have a number one best-selling movie. And the book is called The Battle Plan for Prayer, From Basic Training to 
targeted strategies by Stephen and Alex Kendrick, K-E-N-D-R-C-K. They are the authors and they are the creators of the War Room movie. Number one bestseller, box office special. And it goes into business as well. Ooh, some great ones for all of us to check out for sure. And the movie with the popcorn. I know. Oh, yeah. Got to have the popcorn. Got to have that popcorn. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, Gift Biz listeners, just as you're listening to the podcast today, you can also listen to audiobooks with ease. I've teamed up with Audible for you to be able to get an audiobook just like the one Sue is talking about for free. All you need to do is go to giftbizbook.com and make a selection. That's giftbizbook.com. All right, Sue, we're winding down here, and we have arrived at the Dare to Dream question. I'd like to present you with a virtual gift. It's a magical box containing unlimited possibilities for your future. This is your dream or your goal of almost unreachable heights that you would wish to obtain. Please accept this gift and open it in our presence. What is inside your box? This was a very thought-provoking question. And I'm glad you ask it. And I cannot wait to hear what you say. <laughs> and when I see this box, it has to be in teal and lime green, right? Well, of course. Yes. Yep. All right. And I wouldn't I give it. it to you any other way, Sue. Yes. <laughs> and I open it with my hat on because I always wear a hat. The gift to me, the most precious gift that anyone could give to me would be the gift of wisdom. And you say, well, that's not tangible. How's that going to help you? You can't see it. You can't feel it. You can't eat it. You can't dream it. You can't touch it every day, but you can. That would be the gift because that's what I seek in my life is wisdom. I love that. And that's what you do your whole life with your business too, right? You're sharing wisdom from others to others. Exactly. And in the end... I get wise too. I get the gift of it too because we have to do all the things to put into that to make all that happen so that people will see that we can offer the solution we bring. Love that. Sue, how can our listeners get in touch with you? You can reach me first at our current website, www.simplysuespeaks.com. Remember, it is under new construction and it will be there soon not all my speakers are listed there currently once it's done it'll be the same site yes it will be same name and everything so it'll just be a different look then you can reach me on linkedin under my profile of simply sue falcone you can reach me at twitter at simply sue speaks you can call me at my 800 number my toll-free number 888-766-3155 or you can email me at sue at simplysuespeaks.com. Always around. I'm all over social media, so you cannot miss the avatar. <laughs> Sounds like it. You've got lots of options there. Yes. So, and Gift Biz listeners, remember too, you can jump over to the show notes page if you're driving while you're listening, walking the dog, in the shop fixing displays, whatever it might be. We have all the information over there for you to be able to capture later if need be. 
Thank you so much, Sue. This has been really, really an enlightening conversation. You've provided so much information that I haven't heard before. So I'd like to think that a lot of our listeners haven't heard a lot of this before either. Really, really valuable ways for us to adjust our thinking, get a little insight into your company and how you do business. And I have to say, I am totally impressed. Well, I've been totally honored and it was an honor to meet you at Social Boom 15. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. It was awesome. And Sue, may your candle always burn bright. Thank you so much. Learn how to work smarter while developing and growing your business. Download our guide called 25 Free Tools to Enhance Your Business and Life. It's our gift to you and available at giftbizunwrap.com slash tools. Thanks for listening and be sure to join us for the next episode. Today's show is sponsored by The Ribbon Print Company. Looking for a new income source for your gift business? Customization is more popular now than ever. Brand your products with your logo or print a happy birthday Jessica ribbon to add to a gift right at checkout. It's all done right in your shop or craft studio in seconds. Check out theribbonprintcompany.com for more information. Would you like to be on the show? Or do you know someone who can provide valuable insight from their experiences? If so, we'd love to hear from you. All you need to do is submit a form for consideration. You can access the form at giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash guest. That's giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash G-U-E-S-T. 